HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. If you're a farmer in New York State, join the New York State Grown and Certified program to let people know your food is grown right, right here. Learn more at certified.ny.gov. I'm Tim Gunn, author, educator, and Project Runway mentor, and you're listening to Heritage Radio. Welcome to Magnifico Radio, bringing you the latest in ethical fashion, clean beauty, and sustainable living. And I'm your host, Kate Black. Textile pollution is a growing problem in the fashion industry, and I have today's guest, Daniel Silverstein, who most will know by his moniker, Zero Waste Daniel, to have a conversation. Good morning. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So what does, because it's part of your name and it's part of your business ethos, what does Zero Waste mean to you? Um, zero waste means responsible consumption, thinking about what we call waste as something different, really um, evaluating every single piece of packaging and something that we were raised to think is trash and looking at it for what it really is. Is it a leftover? Is it a gift with purchase? Is it really a piece of trash? And you have a, a pretty interesting background story. So you're a designer by education and trade, and then you left school and you went off and did an internship with Carolina Herrera. So um, actually, the, my internship was simultaneous with school. Um, so during my four years at FIT, I spent one year abroad in Italy where I learned sort of a global perspective on fashion, which I think heavily influenced my zero-waste ethos. Um, and a, a true appreciation for craft and originality in design. Um, and then uh, I did several internships with different designers like Carmen Mark Valvo and Carolina Herrera um, and learned the super high-end New York way. And then you took that and you launched a line? Yes, about six months after school, um, I started my own collection and my collection has morphed over the years into Zero Waste Daniel. But when it started, it was cocktail and evening wear. Were you inspired by your time with Caroline, Carolina? Or were you, was that more of your aesthetic at that time? Or So I got into the industry always thinking I was going into super high-end, um, tippy-top couture price point. And Why? Because I, I am really a craftsman, and I love the art and the craft of making clothing. That's my form of self-expression, and, and that's where I find my creative energy um, wants to be. I want to make things. I want to use my hands. And I love 
the way that they affect the wearer. I love seeing them come to life as someone tries them on and the way it can change their mood and affect their personality and change their confidence and, yeah, inspire people. And so historic icons that inspired you and and kind of planted this seed? Well, I think, like, a great example would be Halston and Liza Minnelli. So this incredible high-end New York designer, American designer, um, known for these decadent, lavish, incredible designs, and a muse that uh, is a world-renowned icon of style and beauty and and really setting that designer, setting the tone for that designer's aesthetic. And so when you launched the line, how long was it, how long was it active? Um, so I launched the line originally as uh, 100%, um, with the exact same concept of Zero Waste Daniel, always using 100% of the material. Um, and after a couple of years, uh, I began to do um, different trade shows and selling my line all, all over the place. And uh, that led me to an experience uh, on a reality competition show called Fashion Star, which was canceled after the season that I was on, but um, was on NBC. Uh, and the whole concept was selling our pieces to Saks Fifth Avenue, Macy's, and Express. And so I had this wonderful competition experience of um, seeing who else was an aspiring designer, seeing what made me me, and uh, getting some actual... Um, feedback from the commercial industry uh, about my design aesthetic, which by and large was pretty positive. That's great. And you were a finalist. I was a finalist. Um, So I was the last man standing on Team Nicole Ritchie. And uh, in the 10 challenges, I sold just shy of a million dollars worth of my designs. Holy moly. And so, because I'm not that familiar with the TV show, so are you get to brand yourself as yourself or you're branded as Team Nicole? So I was branded as Daniel. um, And that inspired me post production to uh, sort of shift my line to being Daniel Silverstein, which is my name. Amazing. Um, And after another um, about three years of running that collection, uh, it was very obvious that the traditional wholesale model and designer price point were really struggling um, for emerging designers. And although I was receiving some critical success um, and working with some great accounts, it just wasn't enough um, of a margin and there isn't enough of a shopping population in that price point for emerging designers um, to support a, a business. And I love this. Um, you gave, We just did a, a designer spotlight on you on Magnifico.com. And you Thank tell you. this story to Shanna, who wrote this profile on you, about this kind of really dark, sad day when you were kind of at, trying to figure out how to move forward and what to do. And you're taking a bunch of stuff to the dumpster. And then you have this this really kind of epiphany moment that that a lot of creatives and a lot of people who make a pivot and, and change their their outlook, their view, and their success have. Can you, can you tell that story for the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm, I'm 27 now, I'm almost 28 and I started my line six months out of school. So four and a half years in, I'm 25. And, you know, at 25, some people are still in college and some people are already doctors. And so I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. I've run this business for a few years. I've gotten myself in vogue and on some major models and, you know, um, into some incredible stores that I've always wanted to shop at. And now, you know, now they're selling my designs and I have no money. <laughs> and so I've got to change my life plan. And uh, I'm sort of Uh, I moved out of my studio. I was clearing everything out. I closed down my workshop in in the garment district. And I'm sort of, I was just 
looking for something to do and, and looking at the industry, applying for jobs. And on one of the last days where I really had to move out, I had to get out before my lease ended, um, I was headed towards the dumpster with two giant 40-gallon plastic bags of all of the scraps that I had been collecting since I was in college. And I had never thrown any of them out. I'm, I'm a, a glorified fabric hoarder and um, had only really collected these two bags because I'm so into using and reusing all of my materials. And it was like a scene from a movie. I was like weeping and walking towards the dumpster like, what am I doing with my life? And I can't possibly throw these things out. This is the antithesis of everything I've created. All of my interns, all of the people who've invested in me and supported my brand would be so ashamed of me. And I, I can't do it. And I threw them on the ground. And one of them burst open. And all of these materials just fell all over the floor. And... I saw some fabric that we had used for production on um, my first major order, which went to Guilt Group in Japan. And it was just all these like edges that we had to cut off because um, they were damaged. And I thought, that's some really nice fabric. I'm not doing anything this afternoon, and I don't really have any money. Why don't I make myself a shirt? And so I just stitched everything together, and I made this shirt. And as a small business, I had been, you know, trying to grow my social media presence, trying to grow my Instagram. And after about four years and, and a lot of help and a lot of energy and really focusing on doing this, um, I think the most likes that I had ever gotten on a photo was like 40 likes. <laughs> and um, I just put up a picture. I had my, my friend take a picture of me wearing this shirt I made and I just posted something silly. Um, and it basically said, I, I really wanted a shirt, so I made one. And boom, 140 likes, like, immediately, like that. And people leaving comments, are you going to make these? These are really cool. Oh, my God, you're doing menswear now. What is this shirt? I need one. And, you know, I, I just went back to that post the other day, and it's, um, it's almost 100 weeks ago. And it's really interesting, I mean, in 100 weeks, everything that we've managed to accomplish. Um, but... You know, that was the beginning of Zero Waste Daniel. And basically what happened was uh, I had... I, I was very fortunate that I had created enough of a snowball with my business that I couldn't really stop it. And um, so although I was sort of shutting down my studio and pivoting my business, I still had pending orders and I still had some custom clients. And I, now I had all these people interested in this photo I had posted. And I had a, a trunk show... Um, a sort of a pop-up event um, planned that I was doing. And so I thought, why not just make a couple of these shirts and bring them with me? And, you know, I sold some of my other pieces, but I sold all of those. And I thought, there's there's something here. This is This is really cool. And not only is it really cool, but it actually is getting to the core of my mission, which is to help eradicate waste in this industry. It's amazing. It's totally amazing. And it reminds me of a couple of other brands, like, but there's not a lot of brands that are doing exactly what you're doing. Like, and when I look at it, cause you're wearing one of your pieces right now, it's so, um, interesting. I think you have to be in fashion to kind of get it immediately. Like I, I would look at it and I would know immediate that this is some sort of patch work creation, but I think other people would actually just think that it's design and that it's textile aesthetic that that is woven into the design what what's the reaction when people see it 
Um, I get stopped a lot, um, just on the street. Where did you get that shirt? Um, oh, that's a really cool shirt. I often wear the shirt and matching pants, and people really like that. And that even skews younger, which I think is a huge win because, you know, young people are really into the, the trend, the new now next of fashion. And, and I think the younger we are, the more... Um, uh, subconsciously we use it as a form of expression and so um, I a lot of times when I'm wearing a whole matching outfit you know sort of like 18 19 20 year olds will be like that's dope where'd you get that and it feels good to be dope <laughs> um, <laughs> well especially as a fashion designer come on that's everybody's dream yeah um, so it was a little bit of like the shoemakers kids kind of thing I was I mean I had been working 80 or 90 hours a week for almost five years to create this collection and I had nothing to show for it. I literally had zero clothes that I had ever made myself. And so this was a really cool way to um, uh, be a little self-serving for once. Well, and, you know, to be honest, like uh, I know quite a few designers and, you know, through Eco Sessions, we have a lot of designers that we're trying to put on a platform and kind of share their story. And it's very surprising to me how few designers wear their own pieces. And so I could see if you're building a social media following and you're trying to build recognition that you need to be wearing something. It doesn't work if you're only in women's wear, but I can see why all of a sudden it would just make this kind of switch for people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, so we saw each other the other day um, because my one of my pieces is in the window of the Broadway market in Soho where my um, Zero Waste Annual Shop is. And you saw it in the window. And I think that that was an eye-opening experience for me. I didn't realize that the look of this collection is so distinct that you can just see it and know that I'm in there. Um, and that was one of the things about this brand and this collection. I don't need you to remember my name necessarily. I just need you to know that this is me when you see the clothes. Well, and I think, you know, I think it's, and we've, we talked a little bit about this at the market. I think it's tragic, um, but also telling like, so like, let's talk about counterfeit and, and knockoff. Cause I feel like your look is so distinctive that that there will be people that are interested in this aesthetic without maybe the ethics. Sure. So have you seen anything that looks similar but is not? Well, I mean, patchwork is not a new concept. I think my take on it is definitely different. Um, and there are some proprietary elements to what make it different and how we achieve our material. But, um, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about is that the more people knock this idea off, the better off we are as long as they're doing it right. So the mission of this style is to reuse pre-consumer waste. And it's not really a new idea, but it's a tough nut to crack. It can be kind of um, difficult and frustrating to have all of this waste, all of these random shapes, all of these pieces, and not know exactly how to put them back together. So you could end up just making new material, cutting it, and doing the same thing to achieve the look, but actually adding to the problem. So in order to sort of stop that from happening, we're trying to make my concept available for other collections. So I've developed this um, this term, re-roll, which is my technique of how I make the material, and we're actually offering it as a service to other designers. So we're working with um, people like Eileen Fisher, Study New York, Tara St. James, who's so talented, um, Norism, uh, whose studios at the BFDA... Um, and, and helping them turn their own scraps into their new collections. 
It's so amazing because Jessica Schreiber, who we both yes. know from Fab Scrap, was on um, a couple of episodes ago, and she had she had dropped um, a stat that was really shocking and should be shocking to any designer that listens to it. So, the the number that she has come up with in her research is that post consumer waste we kind of know these numbers eighty three pounds per person, maybe twenty one million pounds in the U S. alone, but that the fabrication and the pre consumer waste is probably four times that. So as designers. And, and fashion brands start to recognize what their footprint implications are. They need people like like Jessica and Fab Scrap, but they need also ideas and innovations like the re-roll. Yeah. It's totally fascinating. Okay, let's take a quick break and let's come back and talk about how you how you put that together. All right. about New York's farmers. That's why we've developed the New York State Grown and Certified Program. It's a seal New Yorkers can look for when they're shopping for food that comes from local farms. Customers are more likely to buy food that has the New York State Grown and Certified seal because it tells them that it comes from a farm that follows environmentally responsible, farm-safe protocols. In other words, the New York State Grown and Certified seal tells them their food is grown right, right here in New York State. You're a farmer with a lot to do. But the time it takes to sign up for the program is a great investment for your business because it lets shoppers know that your food meets higher standards, has passed assessments, and is produced by environmentally friendly farming practices. To learn about participating in the program, go to certified.ny.gov. And we're back. You're listening to Magnifico Radio, and I'm your host, Kate Black. And today we're talking with Zero Waste Daniel about fashion waste. Um, so let's talk about re-roll. So how did you, because from my understanding, you started kind of doing the piecework by hand and, and kind of fabricating it piece by piece. But then you, you had this kind of innovative, what, thunderbolt? Um, it was lightning less of strike? A, a thunderbolt and more that old adage, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And as uh, the concept of these shirts gained traction, I needed to start scaling my production. And it's interesting uh, being an entrepreneur. I think just being a human is kind of weird, but <laughs> being an entrepreneur has been really fun because... Um, There's a lot of advice and a lot of naysayers out there. And um, I applaud anyone who comes up with their own concept and sees it through, um, even just to the prototype phase, because it it can be really hard to cut through all that noise and focus on on what what you believe in. And for me, I, I kept hearing a lot of, well, you can't scale this. You know, this, this can't be scaled. And I'm just thinking to myself, if there are millions and millions of tons of trash, how do we not scale this? There's so much material. You just keep doing it all. Um, and so we started making the first pieces. I made them all by hand, and I sold them, you know, myself. And this was very much a one-man band um, for a little while. And by, um, that was sort of in the spring, and by that winter, I really needed to 
produce at scale. You know, small small production, but lots of designers are producing 20, 30, 40, 50 pieces at a time. Um, and the first shirt that we made took about six days. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, so complicated to work with someone else and show them every single step, have the patterns all made, get everything cut, make sure it was all flat and looked perfect. And now we're making six plus shirts a day um, with a very small team. Um, and so from there until now, basically what's happened is um, creating a system of rules where we know how to sort our materials and um, the steps to put pieces together. So our proprietary system happens in steps that aren't just, you know, you get fabric waste and then you make a shirt. Um, there's a lot in between. And basically what happens in between in this re-roll phase is that we're typing out different materials and then we're joining them together using a system of rules that I've created so that it's quick and easy and then they can be used for production of any piece, not just a shirt. That's so amazing. And I was at the Sourcing Journal conference earlier this year, and I saw some automation that I had never seen before. And so there's automation that could actually, you know, you could just lay out the pieces and then it could sew itself together. Yeah. So if you had some good investment yes. and, you know, some some support, then I think I can see it being totally to scale and totally industrial. Yeah, absolutely. I think that... Um, the potential to scale this is actually really incredible because we can undo a lot of the waste that's been created, but we can also eradicate waste from future production at the same time. And that's really the point of innovation that I'm most interested in. It's how do you, um, how do you look backwards while also, you know, making sure you're looking at the future. And I love the fact, too, that you're also adjusting the business model. We talked a little bit about this. Tara St. James was on a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, and and when, you're, when you're being mindful and you're creating a new product, then the traditional wholesale method is not necessarily going to work. So how have you kind of stepped back or stepped away and recreated something that works for you and this new innovation? So the biggest thing is that I really had to let go of a lot of what childhood Daniel saw as success and think about what zero waste Daniel thinks is success. And zero waste Daniel wants a zero waste experience. And my priorities are around, I don't feel good when I'm creating waste. Um, it's, you know, everyone has that thing that keeps them up at night. I think about a plastic fork I used eight years ago and I'm stressed out about it because it's sitting somewhere, you know, and, and I watch a TV show, you know, I just want to watch an episode of Friends and forget about my life for 22 minutes. And they're using a plastic straw. And I'm like, I wonder where that is right now. You know, why, like, why did we have to do that to our, why, why is that normal? Um, and so Zero Waste Daniel really wants to have a shopping experience that I could enjoy, um, that would make me feel good. And so it has to be a product that is, you know, somehow contributing to the solution and it has to be something I can buy without waste. I mean, like the shoes I'm wearing, for example, they're Doc Martens. They're not particularly horrible, but they're not the most ethical product in the world. But my zero waste shopping experience was there because I went into the store and I said, I just want the shoes. I don't want the receipt. I don't want the box. I don't want the packaging. And I felt a little bit better because I wasn't going to be dumping all of this stuff and they could reuse it. So for Zero Waste Daniel, it's really important that with every piece you get, you have a zero waste experience. So we use a production ticket in our studio um, where we make everything. 
where we follow the steps of that piece on the back of the ticket, and each person who does that step initials the ticket in that spot. So when you're buying your garment, your hang tag actually has the initials of the person. You can find them on our Instagram and see a little bit about them. Um, who made your piece. Um, it's attached to the garment with a hair tie and a safety pin, so you don't have to throw them out after you shop. And then rather than offering uh, disposable bags to our consumers, we have reusable jars that we can package our products in. And you can either recycle them when you get home or you can reuse them for things like bulk goods at the grocery store. And it's been really successful to go direct to consumer. Like you were manning your own booth at the Broadway market. Yes. Time to plug that. What's the address? Um, It's 483 Broadway between Broom and Grand in Soho. Here in New York. So anybody who's coming to New York over the holidays, make sure you drop by and visit them. What days are you there? We're there seven days a week. We're open until 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 7 p.m. 12 to 7 on Sundays. All right, super fans. It's your chance to meet Zero Waste Daniel in person yes. and look at these amazing pieces. I'm always there on the weekends. And so um, so are you going to, are you rethinking wholesale? Or are you going to go back to wholesale? Or are you like really thinking that that model is broken and trying to find a new way to, to scale? Um, I can't, you know, I can't see the future. So I don't know exactly where I'm going to go, but I can promise that Zero Waste Daniel will never be um, available wholesale. Um, maybe another iteration of my collection or maybe special collaborations through other stores. But um, it's not just the packaging that I couldn't get through in wholesale or the fact that every single one of our pieces is unique. It's also um, it, it's the price point. And making things um, out of textile scraps has allowed us to really invest in labor. So we hire New Yorkers. We've grown over the last 14 months from me making every shirt to a team of four. So please buy my stuff. I'm responsible for paying people. Um, and, you know, we pay a fair wage in New York City, which is hard. That's, I mean, there's taxes and there's uh, insurance and there's all these things that go along with this business model. Um, But because I don't have to pay for materials, because we're using this waste, um, we're able to do that. And if I was selling it wholesale to a store, they would have to mark it up so much more. Um, Our pieces would be in the two to four hundred dollar range, depending on this. Excuse me, depending on the styles. Um, But because we're going direct to consumer in places like the Broadway market and online, we're able to keep everything in the you know, 80 to $200 range. Which is really great because I think that it's, it's just a way to make it accessible. And the more, more of those items are on people on the streets of New York and around the world and the more conversations it sparks, I think it's going to be phenomenal. Not only is it sparking conversations, but we're actually having a measurable impact for the first time in my career, which is really exciting. So over the last year, we've collected about a ton of fabric waste um, and we've worked through more than a quarter of it at this point. That's so amazing. And so um, let's talk about your Insta again for a second, because I saw you and another past guest, Lauren uh, Singer, Zero Waste Lauren, um, from Trashes for Tossers, and a picture of the two of you and Martha Stewart. Yes. So would you like to talk about how you and Lauren and this zero trash, zero waste conversation involves Martha Stewart? I would love to. Um, I think it would be a good thing. (laughs) Um, It is a good thing. I really love Martha Stewart. Um, She was definitely one of those um, makers and crafters who inspired me as as a child and inspired me to think that working with my hands could be cool. Um, and that making things myself was okay, having grown up in, in the Made in China era. Um, 
So it was it was really awesome to meet her. Um, I for almost a year and a half, my studio was based at Manufacture New York. And through them, um, I was able to become a presenter at the Martha Stewart American Made Summit in 2015. And that's where I launched the first real ZWD shirt. Okay. Um, And a year later, um, doing their 2016 summit, they invited me back. um, And they wanted to expand the conversation around zero waste. And uh, Lauren being an an obvious choice for how to expand that conversation and other young entrepreneurs um, doing things, innovating in that zero-waste space. Um, it's so interesting because we found each other she, through my old collection, through the Daniel Silverstein high-end uh, brand that I ran. We who? You and Lauren? Me and Lauren. Or, okay. And now we find ourselves at Martha Stewart with two totally different products that go hand in hand. We actually sell Lauren's brand, the Simply Co., washing powder in my shop uh, in the Broadway market. Um, And it's the perfect product to wash ZWD with. Um, She makes, uh, as I know she's told you and and everyone listening, uh, she makes the Simply Co. laundry powder using three uh, organic ingredients, uh, baking soda, washing soda, and organic Castile soap. And it is the right detergent for washing ZWD because we use so many different types of materials that you need something really strong enough to clean everything, but gentle enough to work on lots of different types of textiles. Um, And I always think it's so funny that people buy their laundry detergent in the grocery store where they buy their food instead of in a clothing store where they buy their clothes. Um, So it's a a natural hand-in-hand kind of thing. And after working together on that for a little while, it became a natural thing to bring her into the fold with my friends at Martha Stewart. Um, They were so thrilled to have her there. I mean, her presence and her energy, her packaging, her design aesthetic, everything about Lauren just exudes the future. You know, she is who I want to (laughs) be and uh, she's my ideal customer, you know, and, and so great in so many ways. And she's one of the only people who I feel like um, doesn't sort of judge me for my zero waste lifestyle. Are you serious? Yeah. You feel, you feel people are judgy. Oh my God. My friends have made fun of me so much. It's hilarious. I mean, I mean, I really get a kick out of it and they like to bust my balls, but, um, you know, it's like, it's a, it really is, um, weird to a lot of people. They're like, Oh yeah, don't get a cup for Daniel. He has his own cup. Uh, Oh Daniel, I need something. Like I want to brush my hair. Can I have that fork out of your bag? Like, you know, kind of stuff like that. Um, but what, you know, when I'm with her, I feel cool. <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen, and all the listeners as well. I think I think there's a I think there's a certain thing when you when you stay in your when you change and become like an advocate and and really passionate about something. Your friends don't change; they stay the same, and so they're always going to have those memories of you. I have the same thing. Like my friends are like, "Oh God, here she comes! We can't go shopping anymore. She's ruined shopping." Like <laughs> so, I have the same yeah. thing. But I but from the outside, because I don't know you or Lauren beforehand, I feel like you who are the perfect poster to people, poster children for zero waste because you're so passionate, you're so cool, you have these really unique ways of kind of communicating it that's not preachy, that's just like, this is how I do it. Feel free to find your own way. And you're both so amazing, like game changers, I feel. Thank you. Well, um, it was kind of interesting and cool after years of pursuing this lifestyle and this design aesthetic and and process um, to have someone like Martha Stewart come along and say, 
you're doing a great job. Um, and that sort of helped me see it from a different perspective. I'm not just trying to affect change for people following me. Um, it's also to inspire people who have a much larger audience to take note of something. I think that's true. And I hope that this radio show will help you. I just got some stats from the Jessica Schreiber episode and it was downloaded over 60,000 times. Oh so God, I'm hoping amazing. that this will bring some other radical leaders from the industry to shine their light on you and, and move the business forward. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's still holiday time. I mean, it won't be when people listen to this later or download it later, but right now it's holiday time. So if they don't come and visit you at the Broadway market, where can people find your products? Uh, you can find me 24-7 at www.zerowastedaniel.com. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in. Um, this has been Heritage Radio Network, where you can find me each Monday, live at 1 o'clock. You can always listen to Magnifico Radio on iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, maybe give us a rating. Check out our blog or sign up for our newsletter at magnifico.com. And if you have any questions, you can email them to radio at magnifico.com have to grab my sheet here because we're fundraising. So Magnifico Radio is brought to you by the Heritage Radio Network, which is a member-supported nonprofit radio station devoted to all things food and now fashion and beauty. Um, and the reason why we're Magnifico Radio is on the Heritage Radio Network is because I personally find a lot of affinity between the conversations that we're having around fashion and beauty and agriculture and cotton and all the things that we um, take out of the ground and put on us are really related to all the conversations around food on this network. So I'm thrilled to be here. But the Heritage Radio Network needs your support during their big end-of-year fundraiser. A contribution in any amount not only supports their 35-plus weekly programs, but also comes with exclusive member benefits like monthly play-of playlists, or oh-so-fashionable swag, discount ticket events, member-only parties, and more. So if you like good food good food radio, good fashion, great conversations about zero waste, throw a little dough their way. You can donate to HRN by going to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Thanks again, Daniel. Thank you. Until next week. for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.